This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. What is happening? Episode 50 in the house. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. We have the guys from Barbell Shrug joining us. Woo! Right? Yes. <laughs> How the hell you doing? Dr. Braz. <laughs> and, of course, we got the badass power athlete coaches, Luke, Callie, and Tex. And Yo, the genius himself, John Wellborn. Hello. What's happening? I'm excited. I, I, I showed John once at the CrossFit Games like three years ago, and uh, it completely covered my my hand Banana in an unreal way. Yeah, uh, he, talk, he talks about someone's hand he shook three years ago that was like uh, <laughs> shaking a small baby's hand on a grown man with a beard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like a, I remember I'm like a carny over here. <laughs> Small yeah, hands, always, smell of cabbage. It's, it's always weird when you go to shake somebody's hand and their fingers only come to like mid palm on you, and you're like, "Ooh, it's gotta be awkward." <clears throat> and they're not a child. Well, and then you look down at their feet when they're wearing a, a women's size six. You're like, Ooh. "You're talking about me." And then, and then instantly you look at the package and you're like, Ooh. And then you hire her, and her name is Callie Hinsman. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? We're, we're ready to have an exciting show. I guess there's going to be some trivia fun and some shenanigans to be had. <laughs> there will be, indeed. Fantastic. I think i got to try to lower my voice as deep and better as I can get to try to compete with John's voice. Exactly. I've been actually practicing. The sexiest voice on the show. <laughs> you guys are such flatterers. I'm so embarrassed. So just <laughs> batting my eyes. <laughs> So John actually, he's been working on his speech a lot because I don't know if you guys know this, but he is the next leading commentator and and that uh, what is it? An I am a, a color commentating and uh, I want to say an hour. She was going to call me an analyst, but I'm actually uh, doing some color and as an analyst for CrossFit for the regionals of the games. Oh, <laughs> fantastic! Yeah. Celeb status. It's it's one step below an anchorman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I work tandem with the guys that do the, the uh, play by play and hopefully give them some insights and, you know, my perspective uh, on what's kind of going on. So we were up at Santa Cruz, up at CrossFit HQ last weekend uh, for a boot camp, and I realized um, how, like, you know, watching last year's regionals all, or in, uh, and the games and the final performances, really the nuances and. I got a lot of research. I need to know more backstory. Uh, you know, at some point, I'm probably going to pick your guys' brains just on the, the volume of information. I mean, there's uh, a ton of history and there's a ton of, ton of backstory with these competitors, and I got to know it all. So you just, guys, uh, you guys have have like your finger on the pulse uh, of all these athletes. Do you interview everyone, huh? We put our fingers on the inner thigh. on the inner thigh. I was just thinking, I would love to be a, a color commentator. I couldn't be the guy, you know, but so like. 
like Doug could be the guy who actually points out everything people should be paying attention to, like all the real information, and I'll be the guy who just throws in the dick joke or like the distracting comment. Like, I'll be your John Madden, and you would be oh, who's that? <laughs> John Madden, the, the actual legit Pat, town, uh, Pat Summerall or something. Pat Summerall, so, yeah. So that's known as the play-by-play guy. The play-by-play goes and takes you through the action, and then the analyst gives like the insight. So the way we kind of uh, allude to it is the play-by-play guy sets up the ball and then the analyst knocks it off the park. So, so um, will you be draw- drawing any uh, inspiration from JR from the WWF? <laughs> uh, who's JR from the WWF? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. We can't let CTP be on the show. The guy had to... Yeah, the only guy that I'm taking is... Uh, kind of inspiration a little bit is uh, Marv Albert just likes to bite people. <laughs> so, you know, he's into biting, but uh, I, you know, when we started looking at different commentators, people I like, I'm a big Chick Hearn fan because I grew up a, uh, a Lakers fan, and the fact that Chick Hearn like coined all these phrases that we use in our kind of normal vernacular, like the slam dunk, Chick Hearn close to that, <laughs> slamming the refrigerator door shut, Chick Hearn, Chick Hearn came up with that, so I uh, looked at that, I'm listening to I've been coming up with like Vin Scully, and I've been trying to listen to all these guys, and it's amazing to hear that these uh, like talented uh, play-by-play announcers that they can just speak in these definitive sentences with no filler words. Like there's no uh, they don't know they're not repetitive and it's stuck in the same. Well, here's like, the thing: we don't want to make John out to be something he's not. <laughs> we want we want John to have his. Uh, we've been working on his persona. And so I want him to have a very distinct persona. And I, we were talking at he had a barbecue over the weekend for his birthday because he's getting a little older now. But yeah, we were talking, we were practicing, and uh, essentially we want him, to, <laughs> we want him to use his his sheer size to uh, to sort of dwarf these like you know they're obviously the most elite athletes in the world, but we want him to you know like. Use his size, maybe maybe rest his elbow on their shoulder as he's interviewing them. Or scoop them up like babies, hold them, <laughs> like have them like nestle into me. So, uh, but that's that's also a, a, another issue because you know most of the CrossFit guys are somewhere in that five six, five eight, even sub six foot range. So, at like six six, I, I either I'm gonna have to like squat down or sit. I don't know how it's gonna be, but. You know, the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, I'm probably not going to eat another carb for the next 14 weeks to get in shape because I feel that uh, Miranda Allred is so lean that um, I'm going to have to do something out of this wall. I mean, I, I might not drink water ever again. Just to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, how do you think I, I, do you think I, I, I know I look fatter in my life when I stood next to Rich with my shirt off. <laughs> but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like the only thing you can do is maybe just shave abs or, or maybe get some shading done. I was thinking maybe just going and getting airbrushed. Like I wanted to airbrush my traps and like my, my Dells and then, um, just you know. Just abs like off. Overnight light bulb? Well, well the, the other one too, and I, you know, the when I was going to the commentating, we were obviously watching uh, Rich from Helsinko where, you know, the overhead uh, walking lunges. And the thing which is so amazing is Rich has got such a perfect beard from year to year because we kept watching. It's almost like he either has a flowy or something where he's able to <laughs> perfect, or maybe his uh, facial hair is just so perfect that it just grows to that length and looks good. And then his, you know, chest is pretty clean shaven. I mean, it's it, it's a pretty clean shaven. It's it's perfectly <laughs> hairless and uniform and glistening. That guy sweats, that guy sweats perfectly. His hair is usually pretty perfect. The beard grows in. 
in a way that is totally unblotchy like mine. Mine just gets long <laughs> and dirty looking, and I look like a vagrant. There's, he frustrates me on every level. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's like uh, it, it's like if you had to go back and design your perfect, you know, CrossFitter. You know, no chest hair, perfect facial hair, great hair. Uh, you know, muscle capacity, all this other stuff. I mean, he, you know, he's fairly humble. I mean, he's Do we know if he's got any cavities? Is that going to work? Probably not. Places as a kid. Probably not. Impossible. Impossible. He's probably got like a 2010 eyesight, so he can see the wad from miles I away. I still do want to set up a, a legit donut showdown. I'm like, if there's anything I'm going to beat that guy at, it could be that, but there's nothing in me that guarantees I could even compete with the donut eating. Even though I'm playing well, what fat, you think I'd have no problem. Like, what, what if we go to the DMV and we test vision? Could I beat Rich Froning in a vision test? Because I got pretty good vision. <laughs> like, I'm going with that one. Like, I, I want to challenge him like, uh, to like, basically cover your right eye, cover your left eye. Can you read the bottom line? <laughs> I'll take him in the case race. Oh, yeah. Luke, Luke Summers is actually... Uh, like, have you ever seen those, um, like the snake, how they can unhinge their jaw to like, swallow oh, something yeah. seven times their mass? Uh, that's Luke Summers when it comes to drinking beer. <laughs> I call it the beer pelican. Well, I mean, it's... It's from years of actually getting the balls and shafts in your mouth at one time. <laughs> you know, I, I've got that beer chugging skill too, but I, I always attributed it to, to you know, those those really dark years of sports supplements, like in the early '90s, where like GNC protein powder was the grossest shit you could possibly imagine. And you had to you had to get it down, especially the cookies and cream flavor. You had to just get that down. You wanted well, the beer, and you had to get that protein down. I was actually telling Luke this story the other day that when I first started training, you know, you had to take this disgusting protein powder and usually had to plug your nose. The only problem is after you consumed it, it would just give you the most noxious uh, gas and it would just completely destroy you. And I've had this quest for like the last bunch of years that I'm searching for the car that I, that my very first car that I drove in high school, it was a Ford Bronco. And I have it like on Craigslist all over, like one in that picture of the car. And Luke's like, well, how do you know it's your car? I'm like, I'll get into the car, and there'll be remnants of that, like, terrible smell of protein powder. And I'll know instantly that it was my car. And Luke looked at me. Well, there will there's still be an old-school metrics protein bar in the back that can be digested. <laughs> <laughs> you know the old-school old metrics protein bars that had, like, the medicine-looking label? The old-school ones. Like, yeah, the, the one that was just white with it, like, had yeah, like, yeah. a laser like burning on it. With you. You'd chew on it for, like, 45 minutes trying to get it down. Like a, a uh, mouthful of chalk and like cement. Just says like remember like yeah. what, what the flavor of those were. <laughs> yeah, it was vomit. <laughs> <laughs> it was just they everyone vomit. was vanilla. They they had this deal where Metrix was known as the perfect replacement meal, and they were actually they weren't called protein shakes; they were called replacement meal shakes. And yeah. Metrix had this deal where they believed that you didn't need to eat food. All you had to do was take these Metrix. However, products. they were not approved by the FDA. And uh, these bodybuilding yeah. guys, because a Metrix guy he was here in Orange County, so I have some bodybuilder buddies I used to train with, got signed into this study that was put on by, I forget, the... Uh, Mad scientist. Uh, the, the old dude, the old uh, uh, guy that Metrix. So he had this deal where he like, paid them to get ready for their show just eating nothing but Metrix. And my one buddy Caesar tells me the story about like, you know, twelve days in as he's eating like six of these a day, he just like wakes up and he has like stomach ulcers, he can't go to the bathroom, he's like can't move, he's like completely freaking out until he's like, I, I can't do it, so he has to drop out. Well the guy that ends up winning the money is like absolutely shredded, so they're like, you know, seeing him, they're like, dude, what happened? He's like, 
I never took that shit. I was eating real food. He's like, I, you know, he's like, I just love the fucking money. And uh, he's telling me a story. God damn it. He's so much fucking smarter than me. If there's anything that'll that'll clog you up, it's going to be one of those damn protein bars. And then somewhere along the way, they realized, oh, we can just like add protein powder to a fucking Reese's cup. That'll be better, right? Yeah. And everybody gave each other high fives and started passing those things out. And then and people are like, ah, oh, it's 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 not candy. It's uh, protein peanut butter cups. Dude, that like when you're working a regionals tent though. Oh my god. And you have so many free protein bars. That oh, stuff yeah, you just start to survive on them, but yeah. you, you're not right for another fucking. Honestly, that stuff that. is like currency after the apocalypse. <laughs> like at, yeah. at regionals, you're like, I'll trade you one Reese's for one like fucking goji bar. <laughs> there's, a place, there's one place in the world that's worse, and that's the Arnold uh, Sports Festival and the Expo Hall. And uh, all of us used to go when we were in college every year to the Arnold uh, Sports Festival because you had to. Because we had to, yeah. But when we were there, uh, we were poor college students, so we got the cheapest hotel. It was terrible. Uh, and then we would get to the venue, and we wouldn't eat food the entire weekend. It was supplements <laughs> by day. So we like, oh, I feel tired from drinking last night. Let's drink some red lines followed by protein bars. Oh, like, protein bars and red lines all day. Then that night, you got so much energy, you're like, well, let's just go to the bar. So it's like you go to this place that's supposed to be all about fitness, and all you do is eat protein bars, red lines, and, uh, and alcohol. And alcohol. That you know, sounds you like the game. You're exhausted. That's that. So, you saw that guy almost die from the red line. Yeah, it was we, were, we were competing in a weightlifting meet, and this guy drank. This old guy drank like two or three uh, red lines. He's a master's division, and he dropped down on the platform and went into seizures. Yeah, well, I thought that guy. It was. Ah, awesome. uh, he's fine. That yeah, guy's fine. How old? <laughs> just out of curiosity, how old was the guy? Like real old. Like uh, he's 80s, probably like 90s. John Wellborn old, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? He, we are guests on this program. Uh, so like 27. Uh, dude, I, I, I am fucking old, dude. I mean, uh, pro football ages you in dog years, so technically I'm like 100. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah John, no, John, this, guy, this guy was probably like mid-40s. How long did you play, John, again? Uh, 10 years. Fuck, man. I, I could barely make it through like two years of college ball before I was wrecked. Your genetics beat mine by far. Yeah, I was. Uh, I like before this. I was actually on the phone with um, with my doctor. I, I go get a physical and all my blood work done, and uh, the doctor called me in a day, and we were going over all my blood work, and he, you know, was like looking at my androgens and like growth hormone and all that stuff, and he's like, uh, dude, um, he goes, most of the NFL players that he's worked with, most of the guys that he's seen, he goes, their bodies produce actually no growth hormone from all the head injuries. Um, you know, obviously, two tournament taking a lot of hits. Uh, also, most of the guys he's like have you know like a fairly decent total testosterone count, but their um, you know sex sex globulin binding hormone is usually through the roof, so they got no free. And he's going through this whole deal, and he's like, for some fucking reason, you're totally the opposite. He's like, DH is super high, your free test is high. He's like, your growth hormone is through the roof, and he's like, I think either you just have really good genetics, or he goes, maybe there's something to this diet shit you've been preaching for the last ten years or fifteen years. I'm like. You could be an X-Man, I guess. That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, that's what we were kind of laughing about. He's like, I I don't know if it's good genetics. He's like, I'd have to go back and test your brothers and your dad and all your family. Or he goes, maybe there's something. I'm uh, inclined to think it's the X-Men thing, considering you have, like, zero emotion. Well, <laughs> that's sexual. His, his superpower true. is emotionlessness. And <laughs> Apathy. Well, years ago, uh, my brother told me, he goes, the secret to playing in pro football is never get up too high and never get too low. So... Uh, the best thing to do is act like a serial killer. 
and he's like just zero emotion, and so you go out there, you're like, oh, I just broke that dude's leg. All right, so what's what's the next play? Or you know, like uh, everything. So I mean, my deal was that I never get too high, never get too low. And I also firmly believe that all the head injuries to that part of my brain damaged my ability for sympathy and empathy. That's, <laughs> that's why you get the way I am. So, so but, yeah, uh, that was a good proving ground for a giant, uh, naturally gifted, amazingly strong and powerful psychopaths. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is actually exactly uh, what the NFL is in a nutshell. You just actually described it. That's that's probably the best example I've ever seen. I mean, why was so fun to watch? Well, it's because you have a bunch of really big mutants that can move really fast and have, are really singularly motivated by money and imposing pain on other people. And bitches. So yeah, like bitches and making it rain. You know, front of bottles and shit. No, I mean, it, it's great. It's like prison. You basically get paid to live for 18 like wholesale ask for a living. I'm like, uh, this is like a prison, except with lots of money. <laughs> like so when you're in the NFL, did the ladies come easy? <laughs> Just say no, please. Say no. <laughs> Week once for you. Uh, listen, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in here. I've heard John's stories, and they're really not that impressive. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Opposite world. Uh, you didn't really carpe diem the, the, the opportunities, did you? Uh, it, it's it's always interesting when you meet girls or you know just in general uh, that it's like it shouldn't you know it, I I always kind of likened it to being like the really really hot chick at the bar where <laughs> you just were like sure you know and and I I played with guys that were you know real big stars and. Uh, it was even easier for them. I actually watched several guys take girls home with nothing more than a grunt or a head nod. I actually was out one night where guys were competing to see who was who could say the least to take the girl home. And uh, one of the guy, I think the winner was just a kind of a glance and a grunt. So <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just kind of like and a, and a head nod, and the girl was like, "Okay, who is he? He sounds hot." Uh, <laughs> I can't tell. Man, like, he, he's actually a very. Uh, <laughs> this same guy also had a tattoo right underneath his belly button. Oh, uh, gee, oh, of, I remember that. Of, uh, of a uh, of a big a buck. Uh, buck, like a big deer, you know, like a big buck. He had a tattoo. Of a buck. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, his line, he would actually pull it down and show the girl. And said, "All you can eat under a buck." Oh, <laughs> under a buck. That's too many words, though. That's. Well, I think he had all you can eat there. On tattoos, well, so That's he would pull funny. it down and show show it to her. And, hey, like, it, like, it works, it and uh, I watched him take home numerous girls with that one. It also helped that he was the highest paid defensive player in the league at that point. So, <laughs> and he was wearing feet in pajamas in the bar. <laughs> wow! So we and the he's going to be playing for Chicago right now. Yeah, he's still playing. He's still in the league. All right. Okay. Who is it? So we were we going any? over uh, the recipes for the alpha male, and would that would have to be one of the right? <laughs> the ability to take home the hottest chick at the bar with just a head nod or a a wink or a, or a genital tattoo. Or <laughs> either one, either one requires a lot of swagger, I think. Well, I, uh, I'm always a little wrapped uh, around the axle with whenever people start talking about the alpha, and I. I'm always interested when, like, especially um, John Romanello, he wrote that book, uh, Becoming the Alpha. Uh, I, I hung out with John, and we were kind of rapping a little bit about it, and I remember thinking, like, if you have to read a book about how to become an alpha, you're probably not the alpha. 
Yeah, but think how many. <laughs> but think how many betas are out there that's going to buy that fucking. Book. Oh, he, and that's what he's praying on. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he goes, oh, I'm not expecting you. He goes, there's a good reason you've never heard of my book and you would never buy my book. I have to give it to you and give me feedback. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, there's a whole you know group of individuals that are in this beta that you know have desire to kind of be. Uh, the alpha, and I, I don't know. Did you guys ever read uh, Neil Strauss's The Game? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, probably one of the most hilarious books I'd ever read, and um, you know, that was really a group of those guys searching in their quest to become the alpha and basically hook up with chicks at a bar. That's the one about like how to pick up. That's where yeah. the, the term peacocking came, right? Yeah, that was probably one of the best. Uh, the one guy who's in that book, uh, my buddy, who's a bodybuilder here in Orange County, trains one of the guys who's like they play like mystery. Mystery or something. I think uh, I met the guy, and the guy was dressed like an asshole. Yeah. He was wearing like this big like. <laughs> I'm he mysterious. Was, yeah, he, he was he was at the gym, and he's like, oh hey, you know, he was telling me about it. I'm like, you mean the guy over there with the fucking Chris Angel, my freak. With, with the, looked like he was in a corn music video. Yeah. <laughs> no, the guy had on a, a, a blue and white camouflage cowboy hat while he was working. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's the guy that had the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the guy. And I, I, he was, I was like, you mean the asshole over there with the cowboy hat? He's like, yeah, that's him. I'm like, hey, this, this conversation, does this make us haters for hating on his cowboy hat? Is this what we're? We I like it. I thought we were admiring it. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've come to the conclusion that um, merely pointing out stupid shit is not being a hater. That's just being observant oh. and <laughs> spoken like a true hater. Yeah. <laughs> So Bledsoe, you and Chris and Doug, I mean, you guys have interviewed like anybody who's anybody in the fitness world. I mean, who stands out as possible alpha individuals? Well, Denny, yeah. they never interviewed me. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right beside uh, John Wellborn. Yeah. Well, I can't even get like on the show. Ali Simmons out of it. Well, I mean, these guys have been blackballing me for years. <laughs> oh, man. I don't, I, man, I, I'd say... Off the top of my head, uh, Kalipa was probably one of my favorites. The reason I, I put him first is because he seems to have his whole life together, not just like the physical fitness side of it, but he has his business life together and his family life together. Like he's an alpha in many different areas, not just CrossFit and fitness. He's like he's got it all together. And if you're gonna be a real alpha, you gotta have every aspect together. He makes you feel great being. Yeah. Alpha too. He's pretty well spoken. I've seen him on some interviews, so that's he is. I have. Oh, you just, you just like him with his shirt off. Let's get over it. <laughs> you see him with a sick <laughs> tricep pose on the new cover of uh, The Box, clearly flexing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't even oh, notice dude, him. Bags, I was looking at Miranda's quads. <laughs> I couldn't get past Miranda's quads. Was Jason even in that? <laughs> <laughs> so how many people were betas who thought they were the alphas? Uh, hmm. Putting us on the spot with that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, you know hard, hard uh, well, they can't answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks they're cool, but you know, isn't that cool? Uh, I could definitely know one guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> guys, see, I don't want to drop any names. Hey, hey fuck that one guy. Am I right? <laughs> I, I didn't want to say Mike Lesso, but he's standing right next to me. Oh, uh, the biggest ego maniac ever. But you know, what's what's interesting is if you if you do some research on these personality traits, being a beta isn't necessarily a bad thing. You're reliable. Uh, you get shit done, like you. It's just it doesn't mean necessarily that you're subservient. Just oftentimes come up and step up as alphas. I mean, they're the I, most I, compatible. It's the uh, Omega. Are you justifying yourself. It's hard, it's hard with the interviews because sometimes people like 
you get talking to them and you put a microphone in front of them, all of a sudden they don't know what to say. Right. And so, like, right. sometimes they, they're walking around the room like they're the alpha, and then the, the moment you get them on the microphone, all of a sudden they get quiet. They're some, people, some people don't seem like, you know, they're kind of, like, off in the corner somewhere, and they get on the microphone, and they just light right up. So, like, it's kind of hard to, like, judge that from an interview perspective. There's definitely some athletes that I thought would be more lively, and then we got them on the podcast, and it was, like, almost yeah, disappointing. You think it'd be easier if you guys didn't video? If, you, if it was just purely audio, or is it wouldn't have mattered? Uh, I, I think the video does intimidate people. We've had we've brought people on, and they didn't know that we were going to video. Like they they had heard it, but they just just didn't realize, or maybe they don't listen or watch the show. But uh -huh. they agreed to go on it, and then they get there, and there's a camera, and they're like, "I didn't do my hair." <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was rich. Yeah, that was rich. Right, yeah, I mean, Garrett Fisher, he had to fix his hair for him before the podcast. He said he's yeah, never... Possible. Rich Brony's hair there's is a, there, perfect. There's a lot of activity on social social media that he's going bald. Brony? Yeah, that's, what, that's an observation. Um, we just met a guy now. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything the last time I saw him, but, you know, I think I I think I saw some uh, recession there. At the hair that, you got some cool sacks coming God, I hope so. That would be the chink in the armor, being like you are probably the fittest man on the planet. You're really good looking. God, I got a better airline. Finally. <laughs> finally. Finally, I got something. Well, see, I wouldn't even be able to beat him on that. He'd have to have uh, quite uh, a bad hairline for me to beat him on that. So my, mine's in uh, a very fast retreat right now. I can't even talk about it. I'm the worst of the bunch. No. Well, I'll probably get, we, <laughs> get get the hair replaced. Uh, you know, there. I actually talked to a buddy of mine recently, and they're doing some really cool stuff with stem cells and PRP and all that for hair. Uh, um, oh, really? Yeah, like hair replacement, and actually, what's driving? Well, it it's kind of hilarious how medicine really works. I mean, there's all this kind of research for you know cartilage and like re regenerating injuries, and it kind of stalled out a little bit. And then all of a sudden, these doctors got into it and realized that, that they could use it for hair restoration. And all of a sudden, like billions of dollars got pumped into like stem cells, <laughs> PRP, and, and like regenerating because they realized that they could sell it for hair loss. Uh, I want to say that uh, hair loss research is like one of the most funded deals. I mean, like guys will, you know, like impotence. Uh, I'll take some uh, hair loss. I will spend every nickel I have. Like I will go through a basic surgery. I will transplant <laughs> behavior on hair. On well, are, are those are those bald guys betas just trying to regain that alpha in the room with their hair from the old school old days? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're if, if you're an alpha and you're going bald, you just shave it off and say fuck it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you the grow. Most, thing, the most drinker. disturbing the most disturbing <laughs> thing I saw recently was people were getting uh, hair replacements on their cheeks. For beards, they're actually what? getting surgery. I'm not kidding. I read this article. That People are getting very... like plugs in their face, man. Yeah, that is just about the same thing as like on uh, Beavis and Butthead when they glued pubic hair on their face or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that far off, are you? you fucking do they just that? take the That's hair off their ball like sack and put it on their face. I yeah, agree. I, I have a shitty beard, but like there would never be a point where I'd be like, no, no I need some butt plugs on my face. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to do a plug for a soul patch, but that's about as far as I would go. Yeah, I, I would like <laughs> well, just maybe, maybe I can mean like neck beard. It's like there's nothing cooler than the neck beard. Just like straggly <laughs> neck hair. Well, no, you grow up, you shave everything but the neck. Uh, I, I, I played with some guys that actually had really solid neck beards and. Uh, 
they used to cultivate the neck beer, and I always remember thinking, like, God damn, well, I, wish, I wish I had that awesome beer. No, you know what that style is called? It's called the Pez. Is that real? Pez dispenser. Yeah, you haven't. Yeah, oh. trust me. I'm oh, listen. <laughs> back and all the hairs there. Jesus, you just with these little bits of information. Sounds too sad. It's safe to say that Power Athlete Radio wins when it comes to hair because Luke hasn't cut his hair in God knows how long. He's got he's in a hair competition with me and John and I I don't know what to say. Yeah, but does anybody on your team have a an awesome kick ass swoop? Because CTV's got the best swoop in the business. Uh, actually, Kelly, I don't think my hair is that bad. Is it? Does it look that bad? It's just long. Tex has a swoop. I got flow. It's called flow. Well, I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> Is it Bieber-ish? Is it like Bieber's? Texas is the most confused power athlete coach for Justin Bieber. <laughs> All right, Callie. Yes. Is it going to be trivia time? Yeah, let's do some trivia. Now, do some uh, trivia. This was maybe put together willy-nilly by my secretary. Um, actually, I'm a secretary. <laughs> that's me. I'm talking about myself. Um, so I'm gonna ask. I'll ask you guys. Oh, well, some how are you then? <laughs> how much do you cost? <laughs> Is there a time limit on, on answering the questions? No, there's no time limit. We're gonna go for hours. Everybody should say the first thing. You say the first thing that pops into your ADD deprived, your attention deprived mind. That's what I plan on doing. Even if you win, by the way, what's the stakes? Propecia. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. There's uh, there's the fact no... that you guys know what propecia is means you some bald motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no time limit. There's also no right or wrong answer. Um, I love it. Yeah, oh, wow. it's my style. Oh god. All right, so I'm gonna ask you guys. Do you guys know who won first place for the men and women's division for CrossFit? Burt Reynolds. Shh, not you. For the open. Reynolds. Yeah, no, yeah, so for the this open. Is just barbell shrugged, right? Yeah, barbell shrugged. So tech, shut up. Uh, what was that? Oh, Sam Briggs and Rich Frank. Yeah, first place. Mm -hmm. Sam and Rich, right? I mean, they don't they kick everybody's ass all the time. Yeah. Yeah, Sam. Dude, when it comes guess. to CrossFit, the default answer is Rich Froman. Yeah. So yeah. when I was at the broadcaster boot camp, they told me if ever I got stuck or I didn't know what to say, just say Rich Froman. That is your filler word. <laughs> so yeah, Rich Froman. Or Rich Froman. The actual filler. You think they told John Madden the same thing just to say Brett Favre? Uh, actually, uh, uh, I had to go to a, a few production meetings with Madden, and he was totally off his rocker. Weird. And the best part is we had a great rapport, like we had a great conversation at a production meeting, and he's like, I'm really going to focus on you for this game. And I ended up making it on Madden's horse trailer. So I oh, made you know, yeah, horse I became trailer. So, like, yeah, he had, like, this trailer... What's that? I was going to say, if anybody ever asked you, hey, John, what did you do with your life? Like, I made it on John Madden's fucking horse trailer. What have you ever done? With your like, time? on the side of it? So, so uh, John, <laughs> John Madden wouldn't fly anywhere because he was scared of flying. He was in a, a plane accident when the plane mm -hmm. crashed, and he was on one side that didn't, on the side that didn't go down, and half of his team died, mm -hmm. and this was a San Francisco spot. Oh, so shit. he didn't fly. Oh. Yeah, you guys, if you guys look it up, there was a plane crash in the plane. He was sitting on the right side of the plane, and the plane went left, and everybody was on the left side, and he survived. I'm sitting so, wow. I knew he didn't fly, but I didn't know why. 
Yeah, so he didn't fly, and so he would drive everywhere in this big Winnebago, and he had this, looked like a horse trailer, they would have all their stuff in it, and they basically wrapped it up with Monday Night Football, and he would put your picture on the side of the horse trailer for the, you know, who he selected as the player of the game, so it was a big deal to be on Madden's horse trailer. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, so he, uh, in the production meeting, so I ended up making a Madden's horse trailer a, uh, a game against Warren Sapp, I played with a broken leg, and, uh, Shut him down. He didn't have a tackle or a sack. Didn't even make a play that day. Oh, so good, because fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, the best. Is is he? He's honestly still salty at me because yeah. here we are, all these years later, like a couple months ago, all of a sudden, randomly in the news, he like threw like started talking shit on me, and uh, I, I got it forward to a bunch of people. And yeah. I'm like, he must still be fucking mad at the ass whoopings I laid on him for him to be fucking pissed off at me all these years later. So. Warren Sapp is talking shit about you? He was. He he just said in like an interview, they were asking him who he liked to talk the most shit to, and one of the people was John Wellborn, and like tons of people even, tons of, tons of people forward it to me, like they're like, look at your boss. Like, <laughs> that sounds like a beta move. Uh, well, um, that is a Warren was a little salty at me because I remember I knocked him down one play, and as he, uh, I waited a split second as he went to get up, I teabagged him. On national TV. <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys know what the teabag is, but you knock a guy down and you wait, he's going to get up, you step over and basically wipe the nuts on his head. And uh, <laughs> I teabagged him, and actually, I think the announcer actually, oh my god, you see that he just got a TP teabag. So his uh, feelings were hurt. And, but you know, Seth's a crazy person, dude. He talked crap on, uh, on Michael Strahan for making the Hall of Fame. And let me tell you, I played against both those guys for a long, long time, and straight brought it. Every single game. That guy was a warrior and a badass. I mean, he gave Runyon fits. I mean, he was a guy when we went in, we specifically game plan for how to attack Stray. Um, and to have, you know, Sap talk shit on him just shows you how classless and what a shitty player he is. So. <clears throat> All right. So, Power Athlete, how many entries were at the original CrossFit Games in 2007? How many competitors? Competitors? 150. No, it was under 100. 30. Final answer? No, no. Not 30. Final answer. Uh, 74. What what place did you take? <laughs> I didn't compete. Last, last. I didn't compete again until a <laughs> week. Um, what do you what what's our, what's our answer? The over take? under. I'll give you like ten. It's like differential. It's in the 70s, I think. You want to go 75? 74. I thought it was. All right. Okay. The real answer is 70. I'm gonna let you have it. Right. You're off. <laughs> No, I, I never saw it, but I, I knew it was in the yeah, 70s. Because the next year when I competed, it was in the 200s. Yeah, it's shocking that that was only, what, like seven years ago? Yeah. Fucking nuts. All right. Uh, bar barbell Shrugged. Uh, let's see. Who's an Ann Rand fan? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that would be me. Okay. <clears throat> now, now, how many people pick up on that reference? Hopefully, uh, hopefully everyone. I'd say about fifty percent of the people that I talk to Should we tell a story. You know, they either they either go either go <laughs> right on or they go, I don't get it. So, is that the Olympic lifting thing, like shrugging the bar, like bar like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a yeah, it's a it's, it's a double entendre. It, it started off as sorts. a goof because like when, when we were over at your old house like, three years ago. We're at Mike's old house like three years ago, and we're all sitting around with a just a shitty mic in the middle of the table going, Yeah, podcast names like what would be a good name and of course, you say a bunch of terrible, stunningly terrible names. I go, well, shit. I mean, I looked over and saw a gigantic copy of Alice Shrugged weighing down your end table. I go, you could name it like, I don't know, Barbell Shrugged or whatever. And we all looked at each other like, well, we can't think of anything better. 
Pretty I was just going to say that all of a sudden the clouds opened up, the angels started singing, birds were chirping, and sunlight shined on you guys, and you're like, ah, Yeah, like like our the way we got our really unique name was just like that. It's so unique. Well, you, you know how the power athlete name <laughs> you... came about, don't you? What's that? Do you know where the power athlete name came from? Um... When I, I know, but why don't you tell Forging them powerful world. athletes all from way back when. All Trivia. Well, when we started CrossFit Football, we had a tagline called Forging Powerful yeah, Athletes. Yeah, yeah. And at a dinner with uh, Greg Glassman, he said to me, he goes, you know, uh, having something that's forging powerful athletes makes it look like elite athletes aren't powerful because they're really making a distinction. Would it be better? And really what you're doing is uh, creating power athletes. And I looked at him and I thought, that's a great name. And I went home and started the company. You son of a bitch, you're a genius. And I was like, sounds good, thanks, Coach. And that was the end of it. So uh, we got away from the powerful athlete. We just went to power athlete. And that's been our trademark and the name of the company and pretty much everything ever since. So, All right, speaking of which, trivia, trivia question. Can you guys name Greg Glassman's first wife? Not not I us, but Barbell Shrug. Shrug. Can you guys name... Greg Glassman's, I don't know if he's had multiple wives, but yes, his has. first wife, his first wife. Oh, jeez. Oh, come on. I, I know I've, I've gotten Topanga. No. <laughs> Is it Fran? <laughs> it's not oh, Topanga. I, I got to name a workout that hurts so bad that I always remember why I named it. Maybe they called it Fran. Was it Lawsuit? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the that was the lawsuit. No, that was that was the second one. <laughs> oh, no, it, oh he wow. Married yeah, he, he was married before Lauren. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Lauren's, Lauren's the one that I know. I was, I, the name was escaping me, but that's who I was thinking of. Jillian yeah. Michaels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Lauren, um, yeah, I remember when, you know, going and hanging out at Greg and Lauren's house and sitting there on the computer looking at the crossword message words with them. So. Isn't she still uh, posting the workouts on the main site? No, Pukey is posting the workouts. Pukey. Who is? I don't know who that is. The clown. Oh. Uh, that's, that's, another, oh. that's a little down. <laughs> okay, the next trivia question is for you guys, provided by us. Which two members of Barbell Shrugged have been the image for CrossFit football workouts? Ready, go. <laughs> what? Uh, which two members yeah. of Barbell Shrugged have been on the CrossFit football website? Oh, okay. On the, blog, yeah. the workout of on the, the blog. Oh, hmm. Do you know what you want? Uh, I, it's one of them's Bledsoe. I'm going to say Jeff. And I can't remember who the other one is, but I remember putting up Bledsoe's name because... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Um, who's your other guy? <laughs> uh, there's four there's, of us. There's another guy. CTP. The other one. It's the other one. Yeah, CTP. <laughs> the only shirtless picture of me on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Bledsoe and CTP. Yeah, I knew it. Do you have long hair uh, I think so. No, Sweet. I don't know. Well, the crazy part is I've programmed across the football pretty much every single day since 2019. <laughs> I remember most of it. Well, the only reason I know is because I blew, blew up a picture of CTP and I put it on my bedroom wall. I thought you blew CTP up. No, uh, <laughs> she told you that in confidence. John, <laughs> I told you that in confidence. I want to see a picture of the air. <laughs> Email me about the secondary gig. <laughs> like I got this little skirt and these high heels, and I look wonderful in a blouse with a pearl necklace. 
that. Oh my god. Uh, next question. Next question. Okay, so <laughs> for for us, so this will be a good one. What does the tattoo on Rich Froning's side, Ro Ro as we call him, what does it say? Galatians uh, 6:14. It's, it, it's uh. I'll give you a hint. Philipp it's religious. 1317, I think, is this? <laughs> uh, that is both are inaccurate or those are final answers. That's uh, Philippians, was it 614? No. Philippian? <laughs> <laughs> that book wasn't a lot of the Bible. You guys know? Galatians 614? It is. That's accurate. That's probably because he's a bunch of froning over his bed. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What, uh, what is it's it? It's actually a fat uh, head. <laughs> uh, penitent man shall pass? <laughs> That's from Indiana Jones. Jones. <laughs> no. Only, only a leap from the lion's head will he prove his worth. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go. Uh, I'll ask, ask for Bill Shrug. Do you guys know what Annie Thor's daughter's last name really translates to? Yeah, Thor's um, daughter. God damn it, John. I'm asking them. Daughter of Thor. Daughter of Thor. Thor. Yeah. Thor's daughter. That's you too, said it. It's too easy. <laughs> Why didn't we get that one? Is that right? Is that good? <laughs> like, sounds like... Can you guys bad. name one... Who's, who's this for? It's for them. Can you name one CrossFit athlete that can bench more than Luke Summers? Well, how much does Luke Summers bench? Do we only have to name one? <laughs> 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 Annie oh, Thor's yeah. daughter. <laughs> How does she bench? Yeah, uh, what, what, what do you bench? Should I tell? Yeah. Uh, 361 pounds and a shoelace on the bar. <laughs> ah. It's a PR. Uh, Annie came and worked out with us one day, and actually she was stronger than Nate. She rep, rep Nate's weights out? Yeah, like she, she laid down and she's like, oh, I've never done this bench press thing. I think she benched like 225. Everybody was like, Jesus. The, the other awkward thing is she went to hug me goodbye and I went to put my hand on her back and I totally grabbed her butt because I didn't realize that her butt was somewhere in like her fucking shoulder blades because for so long. Uh, this is really awkward. It's an honest mistake. Yeah, so yeah. maybe maybe uh, Rob Orlando? <laughs> Virtually anyone? Oh. Well, no, but it would have been. In, in a pinch, you just go with Rich Froning. <laughs> Scott to you. He's got uh, to. Well, uh, who has a man crush in this room on Rit, on uh, Rob Orlando? Rob He's so cute. You can hold him in your arms. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 when we went to go at the games, we're over there talking to Rob Orlando, and I look at Luke, and he's just like has this like smile on his face and like butterflies in his eyes. I'm like, are you smitten? He's like, oh my god, he's so handsome. He's, he's handsome. Man. He's adorable. He's, he's like, he's like, he's so cute. I just. I, uh, and then he like kicked a rock and like ran away with his like knee <laughs> like, I was like, did you just run away all pigeon toed? It's like that's so weird. He is me. adorable. He is an adorable guy. We should get him on the show. Oh, totally. Let's see what else we have. Um, all right, just out of matter of opinion, because I know you guys have interviewed both Camille or Christmas Habit. Actually, we haven't had Camille yet, but Christmas after. Oh, you haven't? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's kind but of... But you can imagine what it would be like. But you can... <laughs> yeah, I think it's hands down. You can Christmas. or you have. <laughs> it's like I've had it several times. She just doesn't know about it. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, we had a great time with Christmas after. I think... Uh, 
Uh, uh, Camille would have to to jump through some hoops, I think. <laughs> Camille would have to do a lot. Yeah. I, I think she's too busy to do all the work it would require to win the number one spot. Who who is the hottest? Who's the hottest chick you guys have interviewed? Julie <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. Hand what you say? Fouchet. Oh Julie? yeah. Julie Fouchet. Julie Fouchet is CPP's pick, and I don't know if anybody, any one of us are prepared to argue. Really, uh, you can sure. find other very interesting choices, but you can't really displace Julie, I suppose. That is so mm -hmm. true, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> So are you guys uh, Keanu Reeves fans at all? Uh, I've watched my fair share amount of uh, Keanu movies. Uh, okay. Like walking the <laughs> Well, I have, I mean, if she's going to ask us what our favorite I mean, Keanu Point, Point Break was one of the best movies of all time. Yeah. Of all time? Yeah. Of all time? Can yeah. You, what's, what's his name? What's his character's name? That's too easy. <laughs> or do you not know? What? What's the character's name? What's oh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves' name? For us? Yeah. For Power Athlete. Yeah, for us. Johnny U. Johnny Utah. Okay. Oh, in Point Break? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought that was a trick question because so, everybody knows you. Utah, so, give me two. So Luke Summers here, there was a live... I'm um, basically a celebrity. There was a live performance of Point Break that came to town, and it's like you get to interact with the crowd, and they pick it's one person. Point Break Live. Like yeah, Point Break Live. That's what, like a theatrical performance, you mean? Exactly. That's exactly right. Wow. And they they choose one person from the crowd, and wouldn't you know it, they chose little Luke Summers in the front row, waving his hand, mm -hmm. and uh, he got to, uh, he got to play Luke, uh, you got to play Johnny Utah yep. for the entire thing. Yep. And you just uh, they get you drunk, and then you just sit. You're supposed to be the worst actor out there. And uh, <laughs> where's this at? Where do you do this? Uh, there, it's, there's one in LA, but they came to Orange County right down the street from our gym, and we just had our Christmas party, and we all walked over there. Uh, I you actually, know, I drove you. Or, yeah, we all piled in the van and uh, got got tickets there and walked in and had a blast. Yeah, so they, well, we're going to be in California in a, in, like at the end of May. We should all go to that. Oh. They have it regularly. Let's check. Uh, check. Call the internet where you can check these things out. Hey, Luke. You. Any uh, relation to the uh, Mark Summers from Double Dare? <laughs> uh, he's my gay uncle. <laughs> Physical challenge. All right, let's see. They also have Terminator 2 Judgment Play, where they do T2 live. What? That sounds uh, what character do they pull from the audience uh, you guys play? That's weak. Well, CTP doesn't approve. Uh, I don't approve of the Terminator 2 program. You wait in line too freaking long for what you end up seeing. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about it? or? Oh, not really, no. And it's really not that 3D. <laughs> it's supposed to be like 3D, and it's like not 3D. It's like 1992 3D. It's like, come on, man. Can we update this program? <laughs> what are you guys coming out here for in May? Uh, CrossFit regionals. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh, <laughs> No, yeah, we're going to come hang out the week uh, after the uh, SoCal Regional, I think. Nice. So the, the last event they have posted is April 20th right now. So I'm sure they'll have it in May. It looks like twice a month. Oh, maybe we'll get lucky. But, maybe. So like do you guys... 
So who's, just for my, since this has all been like a male-driven, who's the hottest guy you guys have uh, interviewed in person? Anybody who you're like, uh, not as hot in person? Um, yeah. I, can't, I can't say that easily. The, the hardest, the hottest dude, the guy who If you say you're patroning, I swear to God. No, no, no. It, it's got to be Carl, man. Carl Paoli is the, the one who qu makes you question what you're all about. Uh, I yeah, I say <laughs> he's, when I he's amazing. Carl, yeah, when when I met Carl, it may not be just purely looks because I'd seen him on film and pictures. No and boners. I wasn't exactly yeah. taken, but the moment I I locked eyes with him, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a moment, yeah. and I, where yeah, I did question my sexuality. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you're going just off pure I too, looks, I, it might be Rich Froning. I don't know that Roy McKernan dude. We haven't interviewed mm -hmm. him, but fuck, is he not the prototypical like tall, dark, handsome? <laughs> if I was gay, I think I'd go Roy. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, Rory's a who? Not only, uh, Roy, Roy, or Rory McInerney. I got to Google him. But if what you, is it, if, if you look at him versus, I don't know if you guys know who AJ Feely is, who's married to uh, Heather Mitz. AJ was our backup quarterback in Philly. They look identical, so I have a hard time. Wait, wait. Rory. Oh. What's this guy's name? I, I definitely need to. He did all the uh, HQ, like, he did all the open. Rory. He was like the commentator for the open. Put in Rory. CrossFit. Just put in Rory, Rory CrossFit. Yeah. Crossfitter. He got Garrett Hello, Fisher. Rory. Yeah. Don't replace my poster above your band. Well, you see this guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's this guy. This Rory guy is pretty easy, guys. He's yeah, he's handsome. He's got just All enough right, I'll take that. shadow. Anyway, he's back to the show. Just enough five o'clock shadow to make it interesting. He looks he looks enchanting. Looks mysterious. <laughs> he, he has a lot of so trivia. So trivia. Watching, watching him, needing him, thinking of him. I'd rather just start. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's go on to another Keanu Reeves movie. Can you name? This is for um, Barbell Shrug. Can you name full name of uh, Keanu Reeves' character in Speed? Oh, one or two. Come on. <laughs> the only Speed. Uh, I don't know. I saw Speed Two balls in the theaters. Well, it was pretty epic. <laughs> I, I, there's no way I'm gonna be able to pull that from a memory bank anywhere. Oh, are you serious? Way to go, Jack! Way to go, Jack! Blank. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, his first name is Jack, but I can't remember. His Officer last name. Jack. Blank. Travers or something like that. Oh, you're so close! I gotta give it to you because it's Travin. 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 Holy yeah. shit! I saw that movie it, to be honest. So I, Are you serious? I, I kind of like just brain dumped it. I watched it and I was like, eh. Not even Dennis Hopper's it's... intense portrayal of uh, the crazy villain with his finger on the trigger? <laughs> way, way to go, Jack. Way to go. That's the first time that Dennis Hopper and Keanu Reeves have been in a movie. Can you name the other one that they've been in? Are you hijacking this right now? <laughs> I, you know what? It's just... <laughs> Was Keanu Reeves and uh, the, the Super Mario Brothers? I was movie? about to say, wasn't Dennis the King Koopa? Like, what the fuck's that about? King oh, Koopa's a human? I, well, get the shit out of here. Not, there's <laughs> there's uh, another one where Dennis Hopper's character is named Feck, and he's a Bill, drug dealer. Bill and Ted? No. <laughs> wow, that's it's a, like that's a drama. Well, um, it's not like a comedy. Bill and Ted was a like drama. Adolescent <laughs> teens getting in trouble. No. no? Nothing, Denny. Nothing. Pass. It's called The River's Edge. 
Uh, what about the movie with Kiefer Sutherland and uh, Dennis Hopper? Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, shit. You remember where he played an FBI agent and Kiefer Sutherland, and, uh, Kiefer Sutherland was an FBI agent and Dennis Hopper was like a hippie on the run that they had like, an oh, FBI yeah, warrant? This. Don't know. And pass. Yeah, that's a pass one. That's a that's a pass one. What is that movie called? Do you even know? <laughs> no. I, I wasn't asking trivia. I was just looking for information. He's watched a movie tonight. Yeah, I went on Netflix. Let's pull our iPhone and say just what they said into the, and see if Siri can figure that one out. You know, Dennis Hopper plays a hippie and the, the other guy's the FBI agent. You are an idiot. You're like, thanks, Siri. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the vote of confidence again. You have, all, you, you have this technology in your hand that can literally answer any question that a human can come up, up with, and that's the question you ask, and it tells you, go fuck yourself. That's probably <laughs> what it would be. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right, last Keanu Reeves movie. Did you guys see Ford and Ronan? No. Yes. No? All right, so this is for us. You did? Yeah. Okay, what's his character's name? Uh, 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 no, it's... <laughs> it's uh, actually 47. Uh, Rosai. Rosai? Rose... Rosai? Raja Ghoul. Raja Ghoul? No, it's like, are you... I am Raja That was from Batman. Uh, yeah, I know. No, what's, no what's shit. Well, that's what I'm asking no, you. No, it doesn't. It doesn't? No. Denny, text any help? Um, just thinking here. I never got with a my phone. Movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, the problem is I stole it on Pirate Bay, and it was a cam, so it wasn't very good. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hi. Yeah, we do that. K A I. Yeah, you. Kai. You just googled it. Good job, Dennis. That's right. I watched. You know what? I did watch the 300 last night, and I gotta say, it sucked. The new yes. one? The, the new, new one's one. fucking shit, man. Really? Why? I mean, I, I mean you, did, you probably didn't go into it with the right state of mind. <laughs> yeah, your expectation was too high. You try to go in with a, the right state of mind, and you'll, it'll yeah. be amazing. The first one had more of a real story. The second one was just action the whole time, which was yeah, cool, the girls but it's not very really good. Yeah, I, I thought they had a good sex scene. I mean, that's, that's what I was going to say. This, so wait a minute. Yeah, scene, that, that's that, a pretty rough sex scene. Yeah, there's I put my one scene? stand in my lap for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a sex scene in action, and yeah, it was awesome. Are there cars? Is there what else do you need, man? You got boobs and with the, with the and rock blood? in it. If the rock had been in it, Luke would have already seen Wait, the rocks it. There were explosions. There were explosions. There was fire. <laughs> Wait till Hercules comes out. I'm pretty sure. Have you ever met the rock? Uh, yes. Is he cool? Yeah, he was way cool. Uh, when I played in Philly, uh, Tom Kennedy, who we've been trying to get on the show, uh, he was an assistant strength coach down in Miami when uh, Dwayne Johnson was there. So every time uh, they would come in. the Rockets cool? So <laughs> we call him the Rockets. So, uh, well, that's, that's the hilarious part was when I walked in the weight room, all the WWE guys had been in their training, and uh, uh, the Rock was sitting in there, and I walked over, and we were kind of rapping a little bit. And I was like, hey, I'm John, and I was expecting for him to introduce himself as The Rock. And he was like, hey, I'm Dwayne. And I didn't, I had no idea what his Dwayne? Yeah, I was like, who's this Dwayne guy? And he's like, and then we uh, we lifted some weights, and he gave us tickets, and I got to be in the front row for WWE. We got to go backstage. And Did he sign what, your favorite? What year was that, John? Uh, probably right around 2002, 2003. Oh, okay, too late, too late. So uh, we got to meet John Cena, uh, who was fucking yoked. 
Uh, that guy was like as Shocker. Uh, he was literally as wide as he is tall. Like he's probably wow. like six two. Like that dude's shoulders were so wide. I'm like, God damn it, that dude is fucking built like a. And he's a hell of a, he's a hell of a lifter. That guy. Yeah, he's yeah. super strong. I mean, he yeah, he bangs weights. I mean, I know he Olympic lifts, and um, yeah, he's he's on Jack Street, and I I'm, I know I, I know a bunch of the uh, WWE guys uh, trained down in New Orleans, and uh, they all love CrossFit, and they all bang weights. I mean, you know, like see those guys in their schedule, it's pretty impressive. But man, The Rock, which which blew me away, is I mean, he was in pretty good shape, and then you know he kind of like they, they had this deal where um, Tom Kennedy was always kind of helping with his programming. And then he was, you know, Hollywood, you know, didn't think that he could be, a, you know, kind of a leading star being a big muscle guy. And he completely fucking kicked that door in, you know, because he stuck it, you know, kind of small for the, all those Scorpion King stuff. And then all of a sudden he came out for, uh, what was it, Pain and Gain or for, was it, like, the Fast and Furious? And that dude was fucking trapped out of his ears. So looks pretty good. He's like a pretty jacked for Hercules as well. The guy's huge. Yeah, he, he uh, I saw an interview with him where he trained like, you know, four hours a day, seven days a week for eight months, didn't have a cheat meal, like basically lived like a monk, and he was talking a little bit about his training for Hercules. And, he doesn't age at all. Well, he's small and black. I know, So it's he amazing. pretty much has perfect genetics. You know, like, we put out all this information on diet. We have articles all over Power Athlete. The one thing that's gotten the most hits is when we a breakdown of the rocks meal plan. A, a breakdown yeah. of Dwayne Johnson's so meal plan. So he posted his uh, his kind of macro, like how many meals he does, and his macro breakdown on Twitter on uh, on Instagram. Well, it's just well, a food breakdown. Well, we made we put the macros together. Well, no, it, it was the food breakdown with the with the amounts. So yeah. he, he was like, you know, nine ounces of this. And so we went down and actually, uh, I, I saved it because it was just like um, an Instagram photo or Twitter deal. And then we went down and broke it down and how many calories he was eating. And, it was like, what was it? It was like 450 grams of protein and like right around 500 grams of carbs and like 10 grams of fat. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I mean, and it, it's classic bodybuilder diet and you have, it, it, it always blows me away that as far as we go and I think as, as much as we know, we just seem to get dumber with time. Like people are like, oh, you know, the only way... Uh, you know, people are going to get in shape is, you know, this paleo deal, and they get through, and you're like, let me tell you, man, people have been eating a higher protein, higher carb, lower fat, lifting heavy weights, and doing low impact, low endurance, longest cardio, and been shred off that for fucking years. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, dude, like, uh, like you go back and you look at any classic bodybuilder, and bodybuilders have perfected the art of creating a bigger, uh, super lean, you know, not necessarily... We always talk about the difference between usable and non-usable muscle, but in terms of creating big, lean, jack dudes, bodybuilders take that shit on tap. And um, you know, if you look at their diets, uh, you know, higher carb, you know, higher protein, low to moderate fat, and way to do is they get such a high volume of food that's not super calorically dense, so their body takes a lot of effort to digest it. And it's not super calorically dense. I mean, you know, when you start looking at a lot of the paleo stuff, where all of a sudden you get into this like sixty percent fat. You know, all of a sudden people are saying satiated longer, but it's just like you know, less food, but it's just super calorically dense. So it's uh, it's interesting, but yeah, we're like freaking out. Like, ah, how could he eat that much? And then you got the people, the paleo people being like, oh, it's impossible. How is he in such good shape like this? I'm like, this is what bodybuilders have been doing forever. Like, like where do you think, like all this information, just we learned all this in years? I mean, it's great. Speaking of, speaking of The Rock, um, so this is for Barbell Shrugged. How oh, we got this shit. <laughs> <laughs> how many Fast and Furious movies are there? Oh, I thought it was going to be about The Rock. Like, no. Isn't there, is there six? There's, there's six. 
There's six out, I think. It just doesn't stop. <laughs> I thought there was seven. Like, or is it good? No, there's seven a good. Come out yet. Yeah, seven has not been seven. made yet. Yeah. Well, no, no, they're in production of seven, but Paul Walker died. No, he didn't. Well, thanks for bringing that up, John. <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> so yeah, they're going to have to go kill off Paul Walker. Back. I mean. I know you make a lot of money, man, but I feel like you got to draw the line somewhere. I've seen you go Fast and Furious a whole bunch. I mean, there's more. There's going to be as many Fast and Furious movies as Star Wars movies. I'm going to tell you, I will see every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like like if they're putting out a Fast and Furious movie, I'm I'm going to see it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna speed there. Is Ludacris <laughs> still in that in in the movies? I know he was in one of them. Luda. Uh, you know Luda's been in a lot of them. He's been in five. <laughs> he was in five. Yeah, he he was in six. Mm-hmm. Because you understand, four. no, he was in four. Too. They're the most. Elite. Do you have to watch them sequentially, or do they kind of stand alone? No, they, no, you they can well, stand alone. Uh, a year ago for my birthday, these guys got me the all the Fast and Furious in DVDs, and I had a DVD player in my truck, and so anywhere we'd ever go anywhere, we would watch different Fast and Furious. You know what's movies. better is if you just don't watch them at all. Kelly <laughs> <laughs> was sitting in the back, being like, "I can't believe I've watched Fast and Furious movies for." And I can quote them all, and I absolutely fucking hate them, but it just. It, <laughs> Well, it's, the same, it's the same lines each fucking movie. Yeah. One more job. <laughs> Two for season drive. So is Fast and Furious your favorite movie, or what, what's your favorite movie of all time, John? Uh, ooh, favorite movie of all time. It's going to be some obscure, like, documentary. Uh, Rocky Three. Uh, you know, the, the, the training montages in Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 are really, uh, you know, probably the best. Uh, Is that where cinematography peaks, I guess? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I like the, the whole Clever Lang deal where he's in, like, the, the basement gym. I mean, that was, like, you know, that was the mindset we always had for training. Um, but, God. Uh, Goosebumps. Wow, that's... that's <laughs> I don't even know. I, 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 there's just too many. I mean, I, it's, I don't even it's know. a long road. Rambo. Rambo? Yeah, I, I would probably have to go with First Blood. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh. yeah, for First Blood. I mean, for for me, it was like such a pivotal movie from those kind of '70s kind of like you know, uh, Taxi Driver and those kind of old movies. Moving into like the action hero was really a pivotal movie, and then we get into like the, the, the '80s action movies. So I think First Blood's probably the best. I mean, I did name my blog after it. <laughs> it's a long what's your, uh, what's your favorite movie, Mike? Of all time. I don't have a favorite movie. It's not fair. You, you pose a question. I would say, I know my favorite experience, I guess that's uh, like chopper noise from uh, Full Metal Jacket or perhaps, uh, what's the other classic Vietnam War movie? Platoon. Like, fucking it's chopper. Platoon. Machine gun fire. Or even like saving Do you disapprove of my methods? Apocalypse Now. I mean, uh, to, to this day, oh, yeah. Apocalypse Now is one of the, the some of the best best uh, war scenes ever. I mean, anything with Charlie Sheen in it, you know. Not, it's not Charlie. <laughs> is he in that? Yeah, he is. Nah. Well, younger. Well, dude, Martin Sheen is in Apocalypse Now. He was in Platoon, but think about Charlie Sheen's range. I mean, Martin Sheen was in Apocalypse <clears> Now, but think about Charlie Sheen's range. You have him in Platoon, and then you have him in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Probably the greatest range of any actor that we have. And then you just have his crazy real life persona. I mean, the guy has got tiger blood. <laughs> I mean, that guy coined phrases like Chicken. 
You call that range or no standards? <laughs> What's the difference? Alright, John, if you were right, a so WWF wrestler and you had to walk out to one song, what would it be? What would your intro music be? Intro music. I don't care, I love it by Icona Pop. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, boy. The Big Bad Wolf. <laughs> oh, the Big Bad Wolf. The Big Bad Wolf. The Big Bad Wolf. Oh, that's they probably one of John. the best songs ever. What is it? I think CTP stumped John. Yeah, you, you did. I, I, yeah, that's something I hadn't really thought about. Hey, so do you intro know music. Who does that song, The Big Bad Wolf? Because that's a pretty good song. That would be a great... Uh, that's a great music video. Oh, it's the best music video. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? Have you guys seen that music video? Uh, no. Go on uh, YouTube and type in Big Bad Wolf. I'll put, I'll put it in show notes. Yeah, we'll put it on the, sh the show notes, but it's it's actually like, it's a go-to on John's playlist. Uh, it, well, the uh, the Carly Rae Jepsen uh, call, uh, call Me Maybe is so my ringtone. Right John's now. ringtone on his phone is Call Me Maybe. It actually has been since I think... For a while. Yeah, yeah. like a year. It's, it, I it's, think that would actually work for an intro because you would confuse the opponent so much and then intimidate him with your presence, especially if you, like, you came in a ring with like a pink singlet, pink one-arm singlet, and you just kind of just shook everybody down and just slammed them. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, I, what is this music? And then you, you have the edge immediately. Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you, uh, I never was a big fan of the entry music, um, and it's maybe because I, I, you know, as a boxing fan, I was always like a Tyson fan. And if you guys remember when Tyson would actually come running out of the locker room with no robe, with just like the, uh, the towel split, no no music, no socks, black shorts, and he would sprint into the ring and like there was nobody coming out. Of yeah, he was out. a crazy person. And, yeah, he didn't put together. And, and so, <laughs> so for me, like that was like, um, like that was the pinnacle. So like you know any of the guys we ever saw, like I'm trying to think of who, who the uh, the little bantamweight or the the featherweight guy is that like dances for like 30 minutes up to in the camera was fucking name. Uh, but yeah, I, I always hated intro music. I never liked any of that stuff. I mean, all the hype. Uh, yeah, like if, if you ever, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I doubt you guys ever saw me play, but uh, I was the worst for like when they would do the introductions when you had to come running out of the tunnel. They would always like call our names and you had to come running out. Uh, as soon as the guy would go ahead of me and it would get clear, I would run as fast as I could and I would try to beat the announcer <laughs> before he finished my name on the field. So, like, most of the guys, like, you know, Ray Lewis does this fucking stupid fucking dance for 30 minutes. <laughs> so, like, I did the exact opposite. I would run as fast as I could uh, and, like, sprint to the point where I almost pulled a hamstring every time. And uh, I remember, like, standing there on the sideline seeing Ray Lewis do his fucking dance and being like, I'm going to fucking murder that dude. And... Um, yeah, the two or three times I got a chance to hit him, I literally hit that dude with everything I could for the mere fact that I hated this fucking dance. Did he? How did he take it? Was how was that guy to play against me? Is he? I guess he's just freak athlete like they all are. Did you knock um, him down? Did you? So the we we played Baltimore preseason one year, and that was the year that they were actually they got away from the forty three and they were going to go three four. And I remember I was playing left guard. I got down on my stance and I looked up. And I actually saw Ray Lewis for the first time in my NFL career because uh, Ray was real good about hiding behind those big fat defensive tackles. So yeah. he, had, like, he, he had like Saragusa and um, <laughs> uh, uh, all the you know, fucking goose and a piece of shit. Um, uh, but the, uh, the all those other guys, I mean, all their heat tackles were always like 340, 350 pounds. And Ray was real good about playing right behind him. He always played outside your vision. 
and then his deal is he would just jackknife in because he never wanted to hit a line, and he was always big on playing one on one on the back, and you know always wanted to make those big shots because he knew, you know, he was never gonna fucking truck a three hundred pound dude. So all of a sudden they're playing three four, and I remember I took a little zone step on an inside zone and I came out, and you know, as uh, you know, a linebacker playing that position, your job is actually to butt up the guard, try to shed him and make the play. Ray had played in that defense, and they were going to try to go to 34 that year, and I came out and actually zone-stepped him and knocked him down. And I remember him, like, screaming and going crazy, and that was the last time they ran the 34 defense. I never saw him again for years. And this I guy's cheating. He hits too hard, Coach. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> but it, I mean it, it's kind of a, uh, you know, it, it makes sense because you're like, hey, if, uh, you know, I'm Ray Lewis, I'm fast, um, I want to, you know, make plays, and... You know, the last thing I need to do is shed some trigger-pound monkey running at me, so it just makes sense. I mean, you know, let, let me cheat behind the tackle. I mean, I remember watching him for years on film, and he was so good about letting those guys uh, come off him, taking a step, and then jackknifing where he needed to go, and that's a smart defense. But, I mean, I, I played against, uh, you know, a lot of 34 uh, defense inside linebackers. I mean, like a guy like LeVon Kirkland, who was 6'1", 300 pounds, and when LeVon stepped up, he would hit you like, a, you know, a ton of bricks, or... Would totally swim with you and make you look like a fool. So um, it just is kind of like the, the the defense really picks the player, and Ray played defense where uh, they allowed him to play that position, and more importantly, he had zero responsibility. So I mean, if if you say to a guy you have no responsibility, you just make plays, and he can do whatever he wants. I mean, Junior Seau was the same deal. I remember like after Junior second or third year, they basically said to him. You have no responsibility; just get the guy with the ball. And uh, playing against Junior was absolutely the biggest welcome to the NFL moment. Was that your first? Yeah, well, uh, well I, I had two welcome to the NFL moments with Junior. One was on the field, and one was off the field. Yeah. So I remember, uh, I think it was my third, fourth year, I, I was an alternate. Um, I kind of got screwed out of the Pro Bowl, and because uh, the guys on my team knew I got screwed, they actually paid and took me to Hawaii with them. And when I was over there, I had played against Junior that year, and uh, he was like, saw me and was like, hey, you're with me this week. And so literally Junior and I went everywhere, and that dude was by far like the hardest rider I've ever been around. Like we drank until 2 or 3 in the morning. I remember throwing up in my hotel room looking out the hotel window, uh, the balcony, and seeing Junior run on the beach like two hours later. Like he didn't sleep. Oh, wow. So he was uh, not like the other people. It's a, a real X-Man, I guess. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was super good. I mean, I've never in my life seen anybody move faster hit harder, and come back play after play. I mean, uh, I remember young guy playing, stepped out, and I remember we were running a little outside zone, and I easily had 10 yards on, and that dude crossed my face and ran past me. Like, it like it was theoretically impossible with the angle I took. Like, there's no way it should have happened. And that dude beat me across my face. He was that fast right. and that explosive. And then he me under the table for seven nights. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I, always I, impressed to, to see... Um, People who are so good at what they do that they can make somebody who gets paid a very good wage to stop them from doing it, they, they cannot be stopped. That's how fucking special and athletic and yeah. talented and powerful and explosive they are. Really, yeah, to do your sale, man, I feel bad the way it turned out for him, but rest his soul, shit. Yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty broken up when, uh, when I heard the news that he killed himself. I mean, he was um, uh, always, I mean, one of those guys I looked up to and was. You know, I, I had those two, you know, very personal moments where, like, that dude, I, I played against him for years. I mean, he was just, you, you watched him on film and you thought, like, fuck. Like, I, I, I could <laughs> strap it up. Like, like, and here's the deal. The, the dude could outrun you and he could run over you. 
and he was just, he was everywhere. So uh, I was, yeah, he, he, and he was like the nicest guy in the world. I mean, I remember after the game, him coming over to me and give me a big hug and being like, you know, uh, it's always good to see young players coming along. Don't worry, you're going to be good. And I'm like, fuck. You know, and I was like in my second or third year, and I remember as an older guy coming out there battling against him and, you know, him being like, see, I was right. You know, or, you know, John Perella, who was their defensive tackle. It's great. You know, playing against Perella and, like, coming over and him being, you know, like, it, it, it was always cool. Like, the NFL was great for Kirby. Uh, there were really good guys you played against, and there were a lot of pieces of shit I played against that if I saw him on the street, I'd probably pull over and fucking hit him with my car. <laughs> Would you hit Tony Saragusa with your car? Uh, I'll tell you, the the goose was an interesting one. Uh, the last thing he wanted to do was have, you know, fuck up and have him do a stupid fat goose stance. So he was, uh, but you know what, uh, goose was one of those guys where he would um, lull you into a false sense of confidence. He would basically dog it for like a whole bunch of plays because he knew he only had to make like one or two good plays a game. So he would kind of lull you into a false sense of confidence and the minute you like slow down or like take it easy a play because you didn't think he was coming off, all of a sudden, he would like turn it on, and then he'd be doing this fucking goose dance. He'd feel like a moron. So being <laughs> really fat and, and tired, like, oh, I got, I got one good play. I mean, let me save it for the, the moment where I can actually make it happen. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, but if you think about it, as a defensive lineman, uh, that's all you really got to do. Don't like, wait if, to see if, if you, you know, as a defensive lineman, if you have ten sacks and you had six tackles for losses as a defensive tackle, that was like an all-pro season. So that's really only one play a game. Um, you know, uh, Sean Rogers was like that. I remember going up and playing him against in Detroit, and I remember beating on that dude for 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 quarters. And then somewhere in the third quarter, he decided that this was his series to uh, to come out, and like this dude ran through my neck for three plays. And then and after that, he he got two tackles for losses, and like drove us back, and yeah, I mean killed us, and then uh, shut it down for the rest of the game. I was like, thank God. This Did you ever? You ever face any high motor guys like JJ Watt who did not take a playoff? Yeah, yeah, and those are the guys that you know that you know. We talked about that. You got to bring your hard hat and your lunch pail, and you know you're going to be in for a heavyweight fight. But actually, I'm better with those guys because you know that they're going to come every play. So you just know you got to strap up and battle for three hours. The guys that, that get you are the dudes that don't play. That we call it like the the dead fish, where they would go out. And get, <laughs> Dead fish you for game, for for three hours, and all of a sudden like, and like throw a move on you, and you're like, dude, he got me. And I mean that happened, but I I'd much rather play against a guy like JJ Watt where it's you know hitting big punches, big hits, and you get to squat and crush it and bang heads every day. I mean that's that's a fun day, that's a good day. I mean you know, and then you have, you play against other guys. Like I remember my first start at guard was against Leon Lett. Those of you guys know if you guys are old enough to remember Leon Lett, they call him the Big Cat. And I remember playing against Liam Lett, my first starting guard, my second year, and like that was a uh, that was a dude that literally got off the ball. I mean, he was he would watch. He was crazy in his stance, in his head stance, and he would watch the crook of the quarterback's hip. And the minute that the quarterback squatted to take the snap, he would get it off, and that's what he timed. He didn't watch the ball, watch the quarterback's hip. And I he the very first play, he was so quick off the ball that I stopped going on the snap count. And I started going on his hand. I would just look at his hand when his hand moved. I go. And so when you watch it on film, it's hilarious because we're both moving before the ball is snapped every play. And I I mean, <laughs> was the last trivia question about football? I forgot where we left off. No. <laughs> so no. pretty cool. Yeah, I think no, John really. gets credit for the point, though. Yeah, well, it was hey, fun. It was a fun job. We got a meeting in a couple minutes. Okay. So let's awesome. uh, let's. 
Shut it down? Start to wrap it up? Yeah. Well, I guess one thing I want to ask is, uh, just for my own curiosity, and Power Athlete, like, our tagline is, what are you training for? So I guess I was just curious, uh, with the conclusion of the Open, if you guys did it, and if so, what are you guys training for? Yeah, now that it's over, what's your, what's your standard go-to? Joint health. <laughs> yeah, we're we're uh, managing injuries over here. Uh, no, uh, we are. Uh, so none of us really were able to. None of us signed up for the open because we knew that uh, Doug and I. Neither one of us can go overhead. And then uh, mm -hmm. if pull ups come up. Chris Moore is probably. Well, yeah, gravity. You know. Gravity sort of rides me harder than most. That's a kind of way of saying I'm too fat to do a bunch of pull ups. <laughs> Uh, but really, I'm, I'm training for just the sheer pleasure of doing heavy deadlifts and drinking margaritas in my garage gym. That's what I live for. That's fantastic time. Yeah, for, Simultaneously? For me, yeah. I drink, I, yeah, drink yeah. And, I drink and do deadlifts and stuff all the time. It's best. Yeah, for me, I'm, uh, I'm working on my shoulder. If it gets healthy enough, I should go to nationals uh, for weightlifting this year. Uh, that's only if the shoulder uh, does what it's supposed to and uh, heals up quickly enough. Yeah, on my end, I used fight MMA and I haven't I haven't had a fight in over a year now because I've been battling some some pretty nasty neck pain and it's mm -hmm. I've been getting therapy for that pretty consistently uh, and it's finally starting to go away like what I haven't been able to lift anything. What I mean, what, what do you guys do for your injuries? It's pretty broad. Ignore them mostly. No, I'm <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, know what? I'm, 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 I'm a huge believer in ignoring injuries. The only problem is is uh, once an, enough injuries cumulatively strap up, they basically just shut you down. So, shut it, shut it um, down. There's a, yeah. there's a real good doctor that I took these guys to in Salt Lake City, a guy named Dr. Greg Bueller, that uh, when I thought my whole life was coming in because like, the final straw that broke the camel's back basically fixed me. And is, uh, it's pretty much like the go-to guy for a lot of NFL players. So if you guys are well, Maybe we should get that guy's contact info because we're all broken in one way. And <laughs> yeah, he's, you're, he's you're more broken than me. I'm, I'm relatively unbroken compared to you, I guess. I yeah. Overhead. Yeah, John, you, you, had a, you had a slap tear uh, back in the day, didn't you? Can you go overhead with that? Yeah, I um, uh, yeah, I, I tore my uh, not only had a slap tear, but also I tore my super, what is it, uh, interspinatus? Super spinatus. Yeah, 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 super spinatus. And yeah, so I, I tore mine about eighty percent, and then after some PRP injections and some stuff, uh, recently when it was MRI, it was a hundred percent healed. But the only problem is, is because I had such laxity in my shoulder that the back of my capsule is all worn out. So I have really limited range of motion going overhead, especially on my right shoulder. So, but I mean, oddly enough, I can do pull-ups. It's just I can't like really snap my head through anymore with my left hand. So it's pretty much. Can't meet the standard. Yeah, so I can't meet the standard. I've got this bone chip in the back of my knee that's hurt me from going past the ankles. So. Okay, yeah, we're kind of in the same boat there. I, I can't push my head through. Even if I tried to, it would hurt, and I don't, so I don't try to anymore, but there's no way I'd be able to. If you look at me from the yeah. left, there's no way I'd get my head through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Bueller was great. I mean, I, I wish I had run into him earlier in my career um, just because of uh, the magic he's able to work. So, I mean, he works with a lot of Olympic athletes. He's kind of a hippie, too. No, he's not a hippie. He's, like, a he's, little bit holistic, though. Yeah, he, he's totally holistic. But I think after you've been failed by enough medical doctors, you start looking in other places. And right. I, I've realized that, uh, you know, when I go to a doctor and they're only advice for me is surgery or, yeah. or a joint replacement, you gotta so you gotta go out and find out. He's people. sort of like an injury whisperer. Like he can yeah. find shit in your body that yeah, you didn't he, know. He found out that Callie's soul was broken, and he looked right through her, and then he she just, ran away. She wow, was and that happens. 
Yeah. I went to a rheumatologist one time. I, I swear I met with that guy for 30 seconds, and he did, he basically told me never to exercise again. He was like, well, you ever thought about hanging it up? And I was like, holy hey. shit. We, we, we barely even had a conversation. Hanging it up. Yeah, I, I uh, when I went for my workman's comp deal, uh, I see the shoulder specialist, and so he goes and he looks at my MRI, and I figured he'd be like, oh, you know, we can scope the back of your shoulder, and, you know, you got some osteophytes, and we can just clean it up and, you know, really help your range of motion. So that's what I was expecting, and we sit down, and he's like pulls it out, and he's like, "Yeah, so um, uh, you know, I'd like to get you scheduled in." And I was like, "Oh, great, we'll talk you through the procedure." Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm basically going to uh, buzz saw. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a fucking plane saw, and I'm just going to cut off your shoulder, and then I'm going to take this sock in. He's like, "Show me these these metal parts of this stainless steel ball joint." And I was like, "Yeah, please." <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! I just thought you were going to clean up and get rid of the osteoarthritis. He's like, "No, I'm going to do a total shoulder replacement on you." Oh okay. shit. I was like, no way. I was like, um, I was like, I just don't have any range of motion. Like, I, I can't get my hand over my head. Like, I can get it probably like 75 degrees. I just can't get it all the way. And he's like, yeah, well, your shoulders worn out. I'm like, there's no way you can just clean it up and give me a little more range of motion. He's like, no, I'm gonna replace all the parts. And at that point, I was like, well, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm, I, you know. And the the biggest deal he asked me he goes, well, are you in a lot of pain? I'm like, no, not as long as I don't fucking try to jerk 400 pounds over my head. He's like. Well then, what the fuck are you here? No. It's like so. Realistically, the only thing you deal with is like you replace a, a joint if somebody has pain. And he's like, "Yeah, cash." I was like, "Fuck, dude, we're screwed up, man. We gotta find a better way to fix this stuff." Yeah. So, well, thank I got contact info for for that doc in SLC. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely. Yeah, uh, shoot me an email. Um, okay. You guys have contact. Shoot me an email, and I, I do. I'll, I'll plug you into a whole bunch of like I, you know, in, in my search to. Uh, heal myself and to figure out. I've, I've met a lot of really solid doctors, so I have some pretty good um, uh, resources to point you guys to good direction. Sometimes John, sometimes John can be a little fluffy about certain things, but I will say that this doctor is, is pretty amazing. I mean, not that you yeah. need a, a seal of approval, but I'm pretty much a skeptic and most in most things. And he's this guy is legit. I've seen yeah. him do some crazy stuff. So yeah, he, he's got some really interesting stuff. I mean, he's uh, he, yeah. I mean, some of the form like some of the top. Uh, athletes like when I was in there, Thor Olympians Birch was in there. The um, uh, was she uh, Australian uh, downhill skier, uh, snowboarder. Oh yeah, Thor Birch. Yeah, she was the next client. I was like, I think that's Thor Birch. So, um, well, I think that's it on our end. I know we've talked to you guys zero off for a while. We really appreciate you guys coming on the show and, and chatting with us a bit. You guys got anything to plug? Yeah, we'd yeah. love to have you guys on the show next time we're in y'all's area. That'd be cool. Yeah, you'll Andrew have to st stop by the CrossFit football booth and test your vertical jump. No, oh God. Well, I did a warm up, right? It takes about 20 maybe, minutes. Maybe, to do a maybe, maybe we can do a live podcast from Cassidy's. Live okay. podcast from Cassidy's, which is yeah, our our local watering hole yeah, slash. Go, uh, yeah, it's, it's, oh, that could be fun. It's a it's a seedy joint. It's got kind of a low roof. They make a real good burger, and uh, the drinks are real strong. Let me just put it to you this way: Perfect. I'm a, I'm a lady, and I've been thrown out of there twice. <laughs> so uh, I know who I want to hang out with. Aren't you a bad girl? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Our adopted brother Stevo has been thrown out of there so many times. Actually, when we come walking up, the bouncer just points his finger. He's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, like it's <laughs> no business here. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I think the last time Steve was allowed in there, I was as I was talking to the bouncer, trying to prevent him from throwing us out. Steve punched the guy in the stomach, in between my arm. I think I had my arm on my hip. And he oh, punched no. the guy through the stomach, uh, between my arm. Same <laughs> <laughs> we, we got thrown out immediately. But he also did. Didn't he go to the bathroom in the top part of the toilet? We call that an upper decker. Car. <laughs> uh, actually, <laughs> 
actually the only person that successfully take a, a deuce at Cassidy's. <laughs> and when, when you guys come visit, you'll understand because um, the dimensions, uh, of, the dimensions the of the bathroom were so small that if you were to open the door all the way, it would hit the, the toilet. <laughs> so you can't open the door because yeah, it would sure. hit, uh, hit the bowl. And, and there is no door, so Steve somehow took a deuce, and the only better part was Andy Stump, who's a buddy of ours, who was going to the bathroom, as he opened the door, spotted Steve doing this, kicked the door in, and pinned him against the wall with his pants between his legs. It's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, we'd love to have you guys there. The drinks are on me. Yeah, wait. We should shut this down before John starts using first and last names. <laughs> we, uh... We got we got Wade's Army coming up, right, Tex? So everybody check out Wade's Army. Uh, so you barbell shrug guys, check it out. Anyone in Vegas? Me and Callie, you're gonna be putting on a show. Uh, <laughs> not like uh, not, not David Copperfield. <laughs> we are we have a, a seminar. So yeah, if anybody, if anybody, hell yeah. You want to Memphis? Oh yeah. And then what else? Anything else? What do you, do you guys have? Anything coming up? You want to plug? Uh, what do we have coming up, Doug? You're the organized one. <laughs> uh, we're going to be at all the regionals coming up. We're going to be at, not all of them, but we're going to be at the southeast, central east, the south central. We might stop by SoCal briefly, like maybe like Sunday or Monday, pretty late. And then uh, we're going to go up to NorCal. So we're going to be all over the place here coming up. Uh, but as far as uh, any time, uh, you can always go to barbellstrug.com, check out our podcast. we got Barbell Shrug Podcast which is mostly training, nutrition, and what have you. And then we also have the Barbell Business Podcast. So if anyone's out there thinking about starting a gym or is a gym owner and they want to learn the business side of things, we also have that on our separate Barbell Business Podcast. And then uh, Mr. Chris Moore here has got the Barbell Buddha Podcast. Yeah, if you want to hang out with me in the, in the confines of your home, we can you know, share a margarita together and talk about a bunch of Deadlifting. awesome banter. Uh, yeah, I get, I get a little out there. It's funny. Plus, you've got one too, Blood Sopia. We, yeah. we have a whole <laughs> network of shows that people can check out and get to know us better. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. Uh, Denny, anything else? Next week. What is next week? The greatest <laughs> week in Power Athlete Radio history. I thought well, that was this week. I, that yeah. was this week. I'm confused. <laughs> next, we still we still got to finalize what's up for next week, so All right. let's talk after the show. Oh, All right. All right, guys. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank we'll you. See you guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.